Welcome, everybody, to episode number three of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter blog. And uh, first, before we get started in today's podcast topic, really want to reach out to everyone, or thank everyone, rather, for all the support I've been getting in this new endeavor. It has been tremendous. Uh, I never realized how many people would ever listen to a podcast. It was kind of, or especially a podcast that I did. It was kind of on a wing and a prayer. It was easy. The Anchor app makes things super easy to record, makes it super easy to do. You don't have a lot of stuff to to do. You just do the podcast. It, you know, you, you hit record and it kind of takes care of the, the all the settings and everything. It publishes it. It really makes it super easy to do a podcast. And so I tried it because it was really, it was going to be easy. And just the support I've gotten and the feedback that I've gotten has been tremendous, especially with the ability to publish on iTunes and Google and all of those things. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who has reached out to me, said that they've listened and liked what they've heard. Uh, I want to continue to do this. uh, And I also want to give people a voice on this podcast. I want to give people specifically a voice that aren't being pushed by one of those big companies, uh, you know, specifically like your fire engineering's, your your fire rescues, your firehouse, your fire rescue ones, all those organizations and things are great, but they tend to get their guys and and don't give other people an opportunity. And that's what part of what I want this podcast to be. I want it to be a vehicle for me to express my views and opinion, but also be a vehicle for others who feel like maybe their opinion hasn't been, or they don't have an avenue or a vehicle to get their opinion out there. Or maybe they just haven't uh, felt like their opinions been or voice has been heard by the fire service. So that's what I want to do. Uh, again, I want this to be a vehicle for me, but I want it to be a vehicle for you as well. So if you want to be on the podcast, you want to be on a guest uh, on this podcast, on the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast, then email me, uh, averagejakeff at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at AverageJakeFF, DM me. Uh, all Any of those ways, get a hold of me. Uh, and we'll get you on the podcast. We'll talk uh, before we do that. We'll get a topic. We'll set a date going, and then we'll get you on here. So I really want more guests. I want there to be a voice for the little guy in the fire service or even the big guy. Don't uh, don't think that it's just for the, the people that don't have their voice heard or haven't felt like they've had their voice heard. If you feel like you've had your voice heard, but you want to come on the podcast and, and continue to, to spread your message, then I'm all about it. Uh, you know, Again, contact me through those avenues and we can, uh, we can do a whole lot. But uh, so with that being said, let's get on to the topic of the day. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to me, and that's the three hours. Uh, it's something I talk about on every podcast, every article, every class I teach, but the three hours is something near and dear to me. So let's get going with it. So as I said, today we're going to talk about the three hours. It's something that I don't know if I came up with it or it's just something I started preaching, uh, but it's something that I do and I live by in the fire service and just kind of in my daily life. Uh, you know, three hours a day I dedicate to these topics. And uh, so let's get started with what are the three hours. I get that all the time, even though I try to explain it, but I, but I preach people the three hours. Everyone that's ever worked for me hears about the three hours. Everyone that's uh, ever worked with me has heard about the three hours. Everyone that's taken a class, taken a, you know, read an article, read something on the blog, averagejakefirefighter.com, anybody, any podcast, any, uh, I know specifically I mentioned this on one of the Pete Lamb uh, podcasts that I've been on all about training. 
So what are the three hours? Well, first, let's start hour number one, hour one, one hour a day doing physical fitness. And this can be anything that you want it to be. However, I do recommend doing something that is relative, uh, that relates to the job that we do, to being a firefighter. And that is meaning some sort of firefighter functional fitness, not just functional fitness, but firefighter functional fitness. Okay. Uh, that can be, and that means fitness means something to a lot of different people. It means something different to people. Uh, some people it's how good they look. Some people it's how much work they can do. Some people it's how fast they can run. Some people it's how far they can run. Some people it's how much they can bench press. You know, people put different, uh, stigmas or different, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, value on certain things that involve fitness. And that to them means that they're fit. I'll tell you what fitness means to me. My fitness goals lie purely on the fire ground. For me to be able to be fit or to feel like I'm fit, it's to be able to have maximum performance on the fire ground. That means no matter what task I'm given, I can perform it to my greatest ability, have the, and the only hindrances are stuff that happens on the scene, nothing to do with myself. I don't get tired. I don't get out of breath. I don't get weary so quick that I can't do my job. If I have to do two, two bottles, then I do two bottles worth of work. If I have to do three, four, then I need to be able to do that. And I tailor my fitness to do those things. I do a lot of functional strength, functional fitness. Uh, so that's what it means to me. My goals lie on the fire ground. I want to be fit for the fire ground. If you need resources out there, there is a ton of them out there. CrossFit is a good resource. All people hate on CrossFit, but it is a good, good resource. Uh, it can get you, you know, you don't have to do some of the goofy stuff that I that I don't like, like, uh, you know, 200 deadlifts for time at 225 pounds. That's, that's to me, that's kind of crazy. But a lot of their aerobic conditioning is good for the fire service. Uh, there is a ton, uh, one of my good friends, two of my good friends, rather, Jim Moss and Dan Kerrigan, uh, have the firefighter functional fitness stuff. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They have the book, Firefighter Functional Fitness. So you can read that book and you can find workouts that work for you. Uh, sometimes it's something as easy as just throwing on your air pack, throwing on your mask, and walking for 20 minutes. That can, that can get you great benefits. Um, like I said, for me, a lot of the stuff that I do, I've done the Jim Wendler 531 program for strength, and I've done some steady state cardio uh, in the past. Currently, I'm just trying to experiment with certain things. I'm trying different programs to try to maximize things. Uh, as I get a little bit older, granted, I'm not super old, but I definitely can tell the difference between now at 36 and when I was uh, 22. My fitness needs were different. At 22, I could just run, lift, and not have to worry about it. Now I do have to worry more about flexibility. So I do some yoga uh, every once in a while. But I try to spend an hour a day doing some sort of physical fitness. Uh, sometimes I miss it. No one's perfect here. And, and I don't want to make you think that this is something that I, that I do uh, you know, without ever taking a break or anything like that. This physical fitness stuff in all of this three hours... It's stuff that I strive to do every day. And a lot of times I get it done because they're important to me, so I make time for them. But, you know, there are days that just stuff happens. You know, whether you're on duty, off duty, things happen. I have kids. We run, I'm at a busy engine company. We run a ton of calls. Sometimes you just don't have time for it. 
But for the most part, if you dedicate to it and you make time for it, starting by getting up early, doing the things that you need to do to make time, you can get a lot of stuff done. And so I'd like to start that with physical fitness. Uh, now, sometimes on shift, I'll have to put the physical fitness to the end of the day. Uh, you know, it just is how it works. Sometimes you're so busy in the beginning of the day, that physical fitness maybe doesn't come to a four or five o'clock, maybe even nine o'clock. Uh, a couple months ago when I was on the battalion car, we had such a bid, busy, busy day that we that I didn't get my fitness in until nine o'clock at night. But I got it in. I got my hour fitness in and then immediately went to bed. Uh, so that happens. That That's something that, that we can do. But again, that first hour physical fitness. Hour number two, or the second hour in the three hours, I try to spend one hour in the library. And what does that mean? That means a multitude of different things. That one hour in the library is doing something to learn more about our job. A lot of times, it's for me, it's reading an article. Okay, it's reading an article about the fire service or reading a chapter out of a fire service book or a leadership book, opening up that fire engineering magazine or opening up that fireengineering.com or firehouse.com or whatever website you like and reading something about our fire service, learning something. It can also mean cranking up YouTube and practicing your scene size ups. I do that a lot. And you can tend to fit that in. We're always usually on our phones. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of times in today's fire service, especially when you're at the firehouse, I know like right after a meal, it's usually deadly quiet these days because everyone pulls their phone out and they're looking at something. Take 10 minutes and look at two or three YouTube videos, okay? Take 10 minutes, take an hour, it doesn't really take that long, and go over your scene size-ups or talk tactics. Throw that phone out on the kitchen table, and do those things. Talk about it with your shift. Talk about it with your crew. Um, share that article. And if ever I read something interesting, I try to print it out and put it on the kitchen table or I send it to the group of guys that I know are as into the job as I am. Um, if I see something interesting, man, they're getting text messages about it. And, and anybody who's listening to this who knows me, you know it's true. If I read something that's uh, pretty interesting to me, then I'm going to send it to you because I feel like it's if it's interesting to me, it'll probably be interesting to you, especially if you're as into the job as I am. So again, that hour, I spent an hour in that library, YouTube videos, reading articles, uh, you know, reading something with, about our job. A lot of times, uh, you know, I do this toward the end of my day. It's really good, but you know, I, it varies. Whenever I have time, I try to fit this in. And again, I try to make it fit into my day. I don't try to make my day fit around it. I try to make it fit into my day. And then the last hour is an hour a day hands-on training, okay? Hour a day doing some sort of hands-on training. Uh, this can be anything from going out and pulling lines off the engine, something, you know, flowing water, doing complex scenarios, to as simple as going out there, putting your hands on the writ bag and going over each piece and part of it. Like going over, making sure that, you know, with your gloved hands on, go, making sure that you can hook up the regulator to a down firefighter, making sure that you can work the straps on the rick, on the rick mask, making sure that you can transfill, uh, you know, you take a, in fact, I've got a, a blog about this, uh, you know, talking about training by yourself. It's a self-rit drill. Uh, and this takes no more than an hour, probably less than an hour, but it takes no more than an hour for you to go out to the rig, grab the Rick bottle, put your gloves on, grab a spare air bottle or a spare air pack, practice putting the mask on the bottle because the bottle is really, really slick. 
The bottle's really, really slick, and it kind of mirrors. It makes it a little bit difficult to slide the mask over it. And then practice just the muscle memory of taking that transfill valve and hooking it up to the URC on the back of the air pack or the front of the air pack. Uh, they're always located on the back. Some departments, I know my department does, has put a second URC on the front of the air pack for transfilling. So just go through the motions of that. It's literally, it doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that, but the muscle memory you gain from that can be pay tremendous dividends when you're out there in the in the field and you have to do it for real so again to recap the three hours one hour physical fitness a day one hour in the library a day and then one hour doing some sort of hands-on training doing that will make you a pretty phenomenal firefighter so now that we've talked about the three hours let's talk about what that looks like while you're on shift All right, well, now that we've talked about what the three hours is, let's talk about what the three hours looks like when you're on duty, okay? And again, I understand that there's varying degrees of firefighters that listen to this podcast. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, there are guys that are from busy urban engine companies, and there are guys that are from slow volunteer companies that maybe run one call a week. I think that you can fit the three hours into a busy day. I'm at a pretty busy engine company. We're averaging about 15 calls a shift, 10 to 15. Um, So, you know, and I still find time usually to get all these three hours. And now, of course, there are days that it doesn't happen. And I'm not trying to say that this is any, you know, again, no one's perfect. I'm not trying to say that this is a strict regiment that you must abide by in order to succeed. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you try to live by this and you try to put these things into your day every day, you're going to make great gains when it comes to your firefighting knowledge, your firefighting skill, and your firefighting prowess and your physical fitness. So you're going to make large, large gains when it comes to that stuff. So let's talk about what this looks like on duty. Now, I'm talking about a perspective from a career firefighter. Okay, this is my perspective from a career firefighter, and these are things that I do when I'm on duty. So let's talk about my last duty day and how I made the three hours work. Okay, first, again, uh, it was a busy morning, so I had to push the physical fitness stuff to the back burner. Okay, Uh, one of the things we did since we've been having some crazy, crazy weather in uh, Virginia here, it's been raining, we've had flash floods. Uh, we even the kids even stayed out of school for a day because it rained so hard and the roads some of the roads got washed away. This was the perfect time to do something that I like to do every summer anyway because people start getting in pools, people start getting in lakes and rivers and ponds as it gets hotter. So I always like to go over some basic engine company water rescue stuff. The reach, throw, row, go. We have throw bags. Go over uh, safety with the uh, PFDs and personal flotation devices. Go over those. Make sure all the pieces and parts work. So that's what we did for training my last duty day is that we stopped. Uh, we went out into the bay. Everybody went out. We pulled out all of our water rescue gear from the engine company. We talked about some water rescue safety, not tying the rope to you, how to safely traverse swift water, how to, uh, you know, give a patient a PFD, what you shouldn't wear, what you should wear, i.e. no wear and turnout gear in the water because uh, that's just going to make you drown faster. 
um, how to defensively swim if for some reason you get swept away, how to defensively like protect yourself from the from a current, how to ferry, you know, talk about ferry angles. And then everybody put on the PFDs, made sure they were sized appropriately, made sure we didn't need to get any additional sizes, and then everybody threw the water rescue rope bags a couple times. We talked about different methods for that. We talked about how to, you know, it, when it's weighted down, how to coil it back so that you don't have to stuff all the rope back in the bag, all of those things. It only took about an hour, and that was with five people. We have an engine and an ambulance at my station, and that was about an hour with five people. Um, after that, we were able to go to the store, do our regular daily duties, clean the house, all of those stuff, run a couple calls in between, and then we were able to work out. What I did for my workout on this day and on shift, sometimes my workouts are a little bit different. Uh, sometimes I'll lift heavy on shift, but a lot of times I try to keep it to the functional stuff of being a firefighter, and, to, and that day was no different. We have a set of stairs in my firehouse, uh, which is wonderful. I love having a set of stairs at the firehouse. Uh, it, it, it makes it so much better for training, so much better for PT. Uh, it just, it, it's, it's just great. It, it's, it's great. You can add a whole lot of different dimensions to some of your hour drills if you have a set of stairs in the firehouse. And so for this day, I set the clock for 20 minutes. I threw on an air pack and I threw on a mask and I climbed those stairs for 20 minutes straight. Okay, 20 minutes straight, just up and down, up and down, up and down you know, trying to get some endurance cardio going on. Uh, after I did that, then I focused on some stretching. I, uh, well, before that, obviously, I did some warming up. I like to try to at least get a light warm up in at work. Uh, I never get a good enough one in at work because we're always trying to fit that workout in. But, you know, do some jump roping, do some quick stretching, get everything loose, then do that 20-minute workout. Then after that, I focused on a lot of stretching. Again, as I'm getting older, I'm finding that I'm becoming less flexible. I don't recover as well from tough workouts, so I try to put some flexibility in every day. Now, sometimes I try to do this before the end of the day, like right before I go to bed. I find it helps me sleep a little better, but sometimes you can't fit it in. So I like to at least try to get a good mobility uh, work in every day, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes if, if, if I can. Foam rolling, stre- stretching. I, do an, I have an app called the Daily Yoga app, and I'll go through that uh, either on duty, off duty, whatever, just to try to get some, some flexibility and, and build that in uh, to my daily fitness routine. And then lastly, what we did, uh, you know, that night... Before I went to bed, I got on Stater 911 on the computer and went over scene size ups. There were several fire videos on there. Uh, went in the, I have a little, uh, my little bunk room's got a computer in it. And I went over fire videos and I practiced my scene size ups. I would see the video. I like to get videos where we're kind of approaching and it doesn't just show when there's a fire, but sometimes you take what you get. And I sat there and I, and I read, you know, and I read smoke and practiced fire behavior, talked about, you know, to myself, all right, so I would want to pull this line and went over out loud my scene sizes. I'm sure some people think I'm crazy, but I sit there and I say these things out loud. I go through my 360. I go through all of our, the stuff that our command staff wants us to do on the radio prior to arrival and once we get there. So that stuff is valuable, valuable for me. It keeps me straight. It gets me the muscle memory to continue to do those things. So again, that's what it looks like a day for me on duty. And this was a day 
where it was pretty busy. The rain was going, people were starting to get in accidents. Uh, you know, the morning was really, really kind of hectic. It was making sure we had appropriate water rescue resources because it's not something we do every day. We don't get flash floods here, and especially in the county that I work in every day. We get them sometimes, but this isn't an everyday thing for us. So going around making sure we've got the appropriate equipment that everyone's going to be have a PFD that fits, uh, making sure that we've got appropriate staffing. Uh, we, you know, if, if we're going to upstaff, making sure that we've got the right resources in the right place, all those things. So the morning was pretty hectic. And then it kind of slowed down a little bit. So we got our, our fitness in and then our training in and, and all those things. But then it picked up again at night and people started wrecking. People started trying to get home and uh, before the next big rainstorm hit and before the roads got washed out. Uh, so it, people started getting in accidents and people start, you know, people that are, uh, invalid or, or bedridden start calling 911 because they don't want to be caught in a flood and they want to go to the hospital. So at least they know they'll be okay. So we got pretty, pretty busy after that, but I was still able to get those three hours in. And that's the important part. I got those three hours in that day. So now that we've talked about what on duty looks like, let's talk about how we fit these three hours into an off-duty situation because it is a little bit different. And this off-duty situation may apply more to a volunteer firefighter. Now, I know uh, volunteers have duty crews. Uh, When I was a volunteer for 10 years, we had a a nightly, a a, a weekly duty crew that we came up there. And when I I didn't even know it at the time, uh, but we tried to fit those three hours in during the during the duty crew, even though it was only like for 12 hours, we still tried to fit those three hours in. We tried to train every night. Uh, we probably didn't try to PT as much, but we definitely tried to train and learn something about the job every night, uh, hands-on and uh, going over fire videos, talking about articles and things. So it, it really was something that I've been living for a long time. It just, uh, you know, I never really had a name for it or didn't put any names to it at that point in time. So let's, again, look at this off-duty situation. And I'll just tell you what an off-duty day looks like for me when it comes to the three hours. Uh, First things first, I like to start my off-duty days with a workout. Uh, I get up, I try to get up early. Um, I try to get up around 6.15 on my days off, even like coming off shift. Try to get up at 6.15, meet the oncoming shift, come home, have some breakfast, and then I get working out. Um, You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that... I don't like to work out without eating first. Some people like to do the opposite, and that's okay. But I'm one of those guys that I have to eat something. But like yesterday, for example, off-duty, woke up, put the kids on the bus, start working out uh, after I had my breakfast. My workout yesterday consisted of eight rounds of three front squats at 125 pounds and then 30-yard farmer's carries uh, with 25-pound kettlebells, then five rounds of eight pull-ups, and 30-yard tire drags. And I can tell you, I am sore from it this morning. Uh, but that is a functional workout. That is a st- functional... And it actually came... We have a uh, division in the county that I work for that takes that is in charge of wellness for all employees. And they have specific stuff for firefighters and police officers to do. And that came from the tactical strength and conditioning training website that they put out there. Uh, it was a phenomenal workout. It definitely pushed me. Uh, it's exactly what I was looking for. And then afterward, I foam rolled because I knew I was going to be sore. I'm still sore today, but I foam rolled, got that, got that uh, flexibility in, and that took about an hour. Um, I definitely tend to warm up more when I'm off duty 
because I have more time. So if something's really sore, really sticking, I'll take extra time to roll it out because I don't really have anything else going on. Uh, you know, if I do have something else going on, I may adjust my workout to fit that so that I can at least get something in. Uh, after that, right around after lunch, I sat down and I read chapter two of the book Team of Teams by uh, General Stanley McChrystal. It's a leadership book, but there is a ton of correlation to the fire service, especially that particular chapter when he was talking about efficiency and, and talking about all of these things about how, you know, the Industrial Revolution brought about industrial efficiency, yet, and it kind of bled over to the military, and it's kind of bled over to the fire service, but the military has had to adjust their mission because the rigidness of that structure doesn't meet the needs that we have to to fight the enemy today. And I think the fire service, is, there's a lot to do with that. Uh, I'm going to hopefully get more into Team of Teams uh, as we go along and hopefully maybe do an entire podcast dedicated to Team of Teams because I think it's a really great book. And it's a book that not a lot of people have tackled. Uh, but so, um, but I'm continuing to read that. So like then I read that for an hour. It, it took me, and, and I, it takes me about an hour to read a chapter, not because I'm necessarily a slow reader, but if I read something that maybe I don't understand or that I really like and want to understand, I, uh, I read it again. I read it to make sure that I understand it. Um, sometimes I'll read something in there and I need to know the background of it a little more than the author describes. So I'll pull out my Google Jedi and Google what this person's talking about or the person that they're talking about to try to get a little more of a background on them. Uh, I'm also gotten to where I have gotten to where I underline passages that I like and I write in the margins uh, of the book so that when I go back through it, I can remember what I was thinking at the time that I read it. I feel like that's something that's helped me remember things a lot better. And it's also made the books more valuable to me because if I lend someone that book, they can see why I liked it. They can understand. And maybe they like a different part of the passage or maybe they don't agree at all, but they can understand that, you know, what I was thinking when I read this passage, because I usually write down the little notes in the margin. Um, you know, so that's been something pretty powerful for me. But again, you know, it took me about an hour because I do interact with the books so much. Um, and then, so hands-on training, here's how the, it's really, really, really difficult to get fire ground hands-on training when you're at home, unless you have some extra stuff, but it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Okay. I have a spare piece of rope that's attached to my tire that I drag up and down the street. So I go out there and tie knots. It's really not that that hard. I go out there and tie clove hitches and, and bowling knots and figure eights and tracer eights because one, knots is a weak part of my game. I can freely admit that. I'm not the greatest knot tire in the world. Um, I'm not my brother who's on the technical rescue team and can tie knots for days. I'm not the world's greatest knot tire. So it's something I practice a lot. And it's easy to do here at the house. A spare piece of rope and I can practice it all day. I've got, a, I've got some fire, old fire gloves here. I throw the old fire gloves on and I practice tying knots, tying knots, tying knots. I do it a lot. Sometimes I incorporate that into my workout, which is kind of like doing both at the same time. It's killing two birds with one stone. I'll do tire drags and before I start the next round, I'll, I'll tie a bowling or just whatever knot. And if I get it wrong on the first shot, 
I, I pay a penalty, like I run to the end of the block or do 10 push-ups. Uh, you know, so that's something that you can increase your physical fitness and get that hour of hands-on tra- training in at the same time. Plus, whenever you add stress to something, you add your heart rate, get your heart rate up, and you're, and you're sweating and you're breathing heavy, it's always tougher to do a task. So it really gives you true sets and reps on what you're doing. Also, what I tend to do when I work out is I listen to fire service podcasts. So this, again, gets me that one other, that hour in that library and can give me that hour of hands-on training uh, because maybe they're talking about tactics. Maybe they're talking about strategy and tactics. Maybe they're talking about pumping. One of the podcasts I listen to religiously, religiously, when I work out is Chief Peter Lambs. I listen to his all the time. Uh, he publishes it once a week. It's a great, great, great resource. There's some other ones I listen to, too. I listen to the uh, Five Alarm podcast. Uh, I listen to Jump Seat Radio. I listen to uh, the Flow and Vent. I listen to Brothers in Battle. I listen to a lot. I listen to the Jocko podcast. That's probably one of my favorite ones, too. But I listen to these podcasts while I'm working out. So, again, I can kill two birds with one stone. So that usually makes it... You know, I kind of call it double dipping because I'm getting my fitness in and I'm getting some fire service knowledge while I'm getting my fitness in. It actually, it, to me, I think it pays huge dividends. Uh, but again, like I said, I understand that the hands-on stuff is tough to get when you're off duty, but there are ways to do it. You don't have to do anything crazy. Uh, this is no lie. It sounds kind of weird, but my kids, when their room is a mess, sometimes when no one's here, I'll practice going through the motions of search in their bedroom really quick. Like, I'll practice. I'll come up to the top of the stairs. I'll just go through a dry run. I don't even wear any gear. I get down on my hands and knees like I'm the officer. I scan it with the tick, pretend I'm scanning it with the tick, and then I'll go in and I'll talk myself through like, okay, I'm on the right wall. Come up to a bed. Sweep the bed. Sweep under the bed. Keep going. Window. And I'll talk myself through that. Uh, I actually did it the other day. They were renovating a hotel room I was staying in. Uh, or they were renovating some rooms, not the room I was staying in, obviously, but they were renovating some hotel uh, hotel rooms in the hotel I was staying in. And so I went in there and walked through them while they were renovating them to see the building construction, to see how it, the layout's going to change because they've made the rooms bigger uh, from what the guy at the front desk was telling me about the renovations. So, I mean, those things are all super valuable, and they don't take anything other than just going out there and doing it. Uh, it doesn't have to be very complicated, and it doesn't have to be extravagant to get you those sets and reps. Uh, Gary Lane, I've seen videos that he's done with a pool noodle. I think it's weighted on the end, but a pool noodle, and he goes through his nozzle movements and how to move hose around the corners. That's that's great. You don't have to do anything other than that. It's muscle memory. It gets you, or or sometimes people call it grease in the groove. Okay, it doesn't have to be anything great or extravagant in order for you to learn something from it and to get those sets and reps that are gonna that you're gonna fall back on in the middle of a crisis situation. So again, that's what a day off looks like for me, uh, you know, and that's what a duty day looks like for me too. It's something that I believe in those three hours. Okay. It's something that I feel that is valuable, especially to new firefighters, but even to old firefighters. This stuff is changing every day. UL and NIST and 
everyone has got a different opinion on what's going on in the fire service, how the best way it is to do it, and to get out there and try some of this stuff. Those three hours is going to keep you current. Those three hours is going to keep you on the the tip of the spear, as guys like to say in my fire department, uh, of the fire service. And, you know, that's where we want to be. We want to be on the tip of the spear. We want to be where the action is. And we want to be good firefighters. No one ever got into this job saying, eh, I just want to be an okay firefighter. No, people want to be great firefighters. People want, you know, when you, they ask you, hey, what do you think about Joe Bob? You want the first answer to be, Joe Bob's a heck of a fireman. Okay, that's that's what you want people to say. You don't want him to give him the old "Ah, he's a nice guy because usually that tells you everything you need to know. We want people to say that we're great firemen or that we would go to I'd go to a job with that guy or I went to a job with him and I saw him do something great with this ladder. He's a good fireman. That's what we want people to say. And these three hours help you do that. So I hope everyone understands what I'm trying to get at with these three hours. Again, I'm not perfect. Uh, I know a lot of people think that you're the average Jake guy. I hear this all the time and that you live and eat and, eat and breathe this stuff. And they're 100% right, but that doesn't mean I don't struggle too. There are days where I don't want to get out of bed and work out. There are days where I don't want to read, you know, I'd rather read a comic book than read uh, Team of Teams or read Extreme Ownership or read uh, it, it, Ben Walker's Reading Fire book. There are tons of days where that happens to me, but I make myself do it. I have the self-discipline to get out there and make myself do something. Like today, I'm really sore, and I didn't want to do anything physical, so I foam rolled, and I did some yoga, and I stretched, and I made sure all those sticky pieces are going to be loose for when I go back to duty tomorrow and may have to you know, use my body to save someone's life. Uh, that's always a real thing that we have to contend with when we go to work. So, and I've, you know, I didn't want to watch YouTube videos today. I wanted to watch the shows I missed the other night, but guess what? I got up and I watched YouTube videos and I practiced my scene size ups. Okay. And then after I were done recording the podcast, I'm going to go read chapter three of team of teams. So I do all these things, even though some days I don't want to, and some days they're a struggle. But if you do these things, if you do this three hours a day, and I'm talking about every day, even if maybe you skip a day, okay, maybe do more. You don't, and three hours is the minimum. You can do more. You can do more than three hours. You can read for two or three hours a day. You can train for four hours at a time. You can do these things, but you don't have to and still see gains. You don't have to go out there and spend every waking moment that you're awake doing something about the job. But if you dedicate these three hours to, of your day to the job, it's going to pay you huge dividends in the end. Well, that's all I had for this episode. Before I end it, I just hope uh, everyone understands how passionate I am about these three hours. Again, it's something that I live my life by. It's something that I think that if you try and do, it's going to pay you huge dividends uh, in the fire service and overall, uh, especially the physical fitness stuff, uh, that's going to be a huge dividend for your entire life, not just in the fire service. Uh, that physical fitness piece is critical to not you, not only you surviving and thriving on the fire ground, but you surviving and thriving in your in your life. Um, I'm going to do a podcast about my cardiac arrest class, but physical fitness is a big part of that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, before I end it, I just want to throw out some. Some shout-outs to people who support me 
Again, I don't endorse companies that I don't believe in. I don't endorse products that I don't believe in. And I don't endorse people that I don't believe in. And these companies that I endorse or I'm going to talk about on the podcast uh, are companies that have believed in me, let me use their product, and I just can't say enough about them. So the first is Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear makes the MK1 Fire Glove, and they are starting to make other great fire gloves, but the product that I've used for them is the MK1 Fire Glove, and they are awesome. I've been using them now since FDIC. Caught a little uh, uh, crawl space fire the other day in the pouring down rain, and anybody who knows anything about fire gloves when they get soaking wet, a lot of times these gloves dry, they become hard as a rock. Um, I've been using these gloves to flow water. Went to that uh, uh, crawl space fire the other day in the pouring down rain. And afterwards, two hours later, when I had to put them back on after they had dried, it was like they were fresh out of the package. These things are phenomenal, phenomenal fire gloves. They're some of the best gloves when it comes to dexterity that I've ever used in my life. If you're interested in the MK1 from Vanguard Safety Wear, go to VanguardSafetyWear.com. They are made for work. Secondly, I'd like to shout out to Fire and Iron Clothing. Fire and Iron Clothing is a clothing company that started by a firefighter. It's a public safety clothing company that is dedicated to want to motivate and inspire public safety people to get in shape and be healthy for the rest of their lives and careers. So they make phenomenal stuff. Uh, If you've seen my Instagram, you can see I've been working out in them. I work out in them. I wear them to travel. They're just super comfortable. They have hats. They have t-shirts. They have tank tops, water bottles, wristbands, uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, stickers. So it's some pretty phenomenal stuff. I like it. It's also one of those things that a lot of times when you work out in a shirt, even once you wash it, you can still kind of smell that body odor smell on it. Not this stuff. When you wash this stuff, it gets clean and it's ready for you to wear either out to the ball field to watch your kids or for a three or four mile run like I did the other day. Uh, They are phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Uh, If you want... Anything from Fire and Iron, go to fireandironclothing.com, fireandironclothing.com. I'm also a brand ambassador for them. So if you go to fireandironclothing.com, make sure you use the code AVGJAKE. That's Average Jake, A-V-G-J-A-K-E, and you'll probably get a discount. Okay, let them know that I sent you. Let them know that. You support the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. Let them know that you support AverageJakeFirefighter.com and let them and put that code in when you get your order from FireAndIronClothing.com and you'll get a little something on the back end. And lastly, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure that you know you go to the website AverageJakeFirefighter.com. Make sure you find me on Twitter at AverageJakeFF. I'm also on Instagram at AverageJakeFF. And I'm on LinkedIn with my name, Robert Owens. So if you want to contact me through any of those mediums, you want to be on the podcast, get in touch with me through any of those mediums, and I will get with you and we will get you on the podcast so we can get you a voice. Again, thanks for listening. And as I say at the end of all of this stuff, especially this episode when we talked about the three hours, spend one hour of the day in the gym, one hour of the day in the library, and one hour a day doing some sort of hands-on training. You do that and you'll be a pretty phenomenal firefighter. Take care and stay safe.